Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us wherever you are around the world. We really do appreciate it. If you are liking what we're doing, please uh, hit the like, share, subscribe, all those wonderful things. That helps this podcast get into the earballs of uh, earballs. I'm not even sure there is a thing called an earball. Mike, Mike's waiting on. We've got a special episode. We obviously had our Keyser episode and uh, rockets away in the States on secret uh, internet business. So Mike and I are just catching up. It's Thursday night. He may or not have had a couple of glasses of red wine. Me, not uh, Diet Coke for me. Mike and I are catching up. Um, we've got a special episode. I think he's got a name for it. it. might be called This or That. I'm actually not sure what is going on. Mike's got an idea. We're going to run with it. He hasn't given me any notes, and that's very unlike Mike, if you know Mike. And uh, he is the organized one, as you've heard us say many times before. There are no notes. So I don't know what's coming up, but let's get into it. Mike's there waiting. Mike, uh, if that introduction was a bit all over the place, it's because you've thrown me, you've called a special general uh, podcast and you've said, uh, I'm not telling you what it's all about, but uh, you better tell us what it's all about because uh, I'm excited, but I, yeah, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know really what's going on. Well, we weren't going to do a podcast with, with uh, the Rocket Man traveling, so mainly really a live event last week and not much else in the golfing world going on, but then we were having a chat about some of the things we can talk about uh, down the track or some different ideas and I come up with an idea. Okay. And well, I said, I've, I think I just sent you a message. I said, I've got an idea for a podcast and we're both free tonight. Well, so this is it. Well, we have spoken about, you know, adding some other spice into the uh, podcast um, platform, not just the, the week in, week out golf chat. Uh, we had the Keyser episode. Thank you, Mike, for sharing your Keyser experience. <laughs> we have to laugh. What You, you know what I'm laughing about. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Um, in the week, unfortunately, where we lost one of the golfing uh, landscape's great entrepreneurs, Herb Kohler, um, who, you know, did so much for putting destination golf uh, on the map all around the world. You know, Herb Kohler is the owner of the Old Course Hotel. We lost Herb, so uh, valet to Herb Kohler. But on the week that we lost one of the big names like Herb, um, everyone thought we were talking to Mike Kaiser and it was and it was Kieser training so um no in in the German okay obviously if you've listened Kieser is a k-i-e that makes an e sound not Kaiser which is k-e-i as in Mike Kaiser so um no we're not, we'll try and get the Kaisers on one day because geez um I'd people to, clearly want to hear <laughs> I would love to love to listen to uh Mike Kaiser and but also his son um who I know someone who's actually caddy for uh, Mike Kaiser's son up at uh, uh, in Chicago. Uh, anyway, you never know. Mike, what are we? What are we actually doing? Well, I had to think about it of, of things we could talk to in regards to golf and little things that might be a bit different. And I thought it might be good to play a little game, and and the game would be called or well, I call it this or that, and I'm going to give you. Um, Two options. Some mm. of them have got maybe three. I've got a handful of things here to talk to. And you can tell me which one you prefer is the best way to describe it, right? And and the easy ones are easy and some of them might be a bit harder. So some of them will be quick answers and there'll be no-brainers and some of them I know your answers and some of them I don't. 
Well, as in like I, I assume I know your answers. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we can talk to a couple of them. I think it might be interesting. It might be funny. And I'd be interested to hear from the listeners some of their answers too. Uh, this is dangerous because you know my propensity to go off on a tangent, uh, <laughs> talk about things, come back to it, and maybe talk about it again. Um, is is that going to be a problem? No, nah, that's fine. That's so, fine. There's, there's there's 20 or 5 or 30 of them. Right. Um, and we might come up with some more in the middle. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, is there a buzzer? A little, a, little, a, little, a little insight into you and me, I suppose. I'll, I'll have my answers as well. Okay. So you're going to ask me something and you're, is, is my answer is I either do this or I do yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, effectively. You'll get the gist of it pretty quickly. It's not hard. Okay, so it's not it's not a live golf uh, podcast. We're not talking about live golf. I feel a bit bad leaving uh, the, uh, like leaving live golf out. Like, yeah, I watched a bit of it. I enjoyed yep. what I watched. I thought it was far better a product um, from a golfing perspective than it has been. With of course, with the introduction of the new talent. Yep. Um, certainly, Cam just going straight in and going bang and you know missing out in the playoff by a shot. Uh, there was the fact that there was a playoff, so it meant that there was obviously it was tied at the end uh had a couple of yeah. big, big names you know obviously dj winning love to see anaban lahiri you know step straight in a lot of people your friends at the no laying up podcast you know basically just put a line through anaban lahiri and said oh you know he's no loss doesn't matter gone yeah. see you later and yeah just said that he's a marketing piece to to get access to you know one of the biggest populations in the world maybe maybe that's part of the strategy or not you know the Live Golf is clearly going for a rest of the world strategy, but you know, then putting everything into America. Anaban Lahiri, one of the greatest, you know, Asian continent golfers in the history of the game, sticks it right up to some of the best golfers in the world. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. Loved seeing Anaban. Well, he should have won. He yeah. should have won. Yeah, he, he makes yep. that he makes that eagle part on eighteen and it's over. Yep. Uh, um I, I was the same. I watched uh I watched uh, being in Melbourne, obviously for people around the world that the the, the the coverage was finishing around 8, 8 a.m. our time, I think, each morning. So I kind of watched the last hour and a half each day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the 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 production isn't bad. Like, it's pretty slick. Um, I do like the use of the drones. I think we talked about that. Either if, if I didn't put it on Twitter, we might have talked about it on the podcast from the Tour Championship. They showed a great um, a great view from, from a drone sitting up above 18. At the tour championship and they, they're quite good with that sort of stuff that that's quite um good for the coverage they've obviously got the caddies mic'd up didn't stop ferrity from talking over the caddies when they were trying to talk through a shot which was really really good made me feel like i was watching the pga tour game <laughs> um but yeah i i still don't i get the rationale behind the um the shotgun start and i'm not trying to be an old fogey but i just don't love it i don't love the fact that um as an example, Lee Westwood was right in it in the final round, shot an amazing, I think he shot 64 or something. And you had DJ, who'd been leading from the day before, who was going to finish on 18, but Westwood was in the mix, but he was finishing on two. And I was like, it, I get it, but it was, I don't know. And I know it's probably me, as much me as it, as, it, as, as it is the product getting my head around it. But yeah, I think that imagine you had an event where it was 10 blokes in the mix. And you had them spread across five or six different holes, like it'd be madness. Um, it's just yeah, that part I don't. I think it takes away. I think I think it takes away from the crescendo of the of the event. 
Mm. And I get that there's a there's there's a really good start to the event because everything starts at once and happens at once and it's a, a set time zone and a time timeline of how how the event's going to happen. But I just think it I just still don't think that bit works. And and one of the things the other guys I felt like they were reading our Discord channel the no laying up guys. One of the other things I didn't love, which I mentioned in Discord this week, um, was the teams thing isn't horrendous, but they have to do a proper draft. Like you just mm. you can't have three of the best players and Pat Perez playing on the one team. They're going to win every week. Yeah. And if they're not, they're going to be in the mix every week. Yeah. That doesn't really work. But um, yeah, from more reports, that's going to change up next year with um, hopefully some new names and logos. And yeah, it'd be, be a bit more of an actual competition. Yeah. Yeah. One of my thought buckets, you know, of how this whole thing evolves, whether it's PJ Tour or Liv, you know, having that... Um, team structure where you just go along the OWGR and it's like one, two, three, four, and then it just works back around. So it's evenly spread, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, my thoughts all, always go to how does this extrapolate into something bigger? You know, like everyone's asking what's happening to the, the people that have been shunted out, you know, a couple of Australians in there that have been sort of shunted out. Are they gone? Is that them just cut from the, cut from the, um, the, the flock and they're off doing what they can or can't do now that they've played for live who knows um or is there a potential for them to come back you know like i would if i'm if i'm live i'm i'm going after the corn ferry tour players i'm trying i'm trying to get them involved and then i'm trying to see how i can expand the live concept to make it a day-long uh, event of golf whether there's a morning shotgun start and an afternoon shotgun start and that draft you know like that bottom tier that corn ferry group of players who are vying to make it up into the the big field where there's some more money or whatever they're in there and um you know it's yep. they're part of this team you know they're they're like the, yeah. the reserve it's like the, like the reserve the first yep. in the reserves and i'm just i'm just trying to pick all of that corn ferry talent and and attract some of those guys across yeah because that, uh, you, uh, we, we all know there's some super super golfers better golfers there than are on the pga tour yeah look no yeah yeah okay Nah. there are some good golfers there um they, I don't don't like don't hate the idea at all, but I don't think they'll do, like. I think that they're for them. They they see themselves as these are the best, you know, players yeah. in the world, and they don't they don't they don't care about the rest of it. The rest of it will be the mm. Asian Asian development tour. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't hate the idea of well, bring having, bring having the bring reserves that, yeah, and bring, a, yeah, like just just I don't know, add add something different. Anyway, nah, that doesn't matter. Well, even they? even Formula One's got yeah test drivers. You know what I mean? Like they got someone else on the team and. You go to a Formula One, there's a day's program full of racing. You yeah. go to yeah. Superbikes, there's a day's program full of racing. And, yeah. Everything has a day's program full of racing. So if it really is leaning into that entertainment spectacle, but it's revolved around golf, well then, you know, give give people a day's worth of golf to go to and, and yeah. work towards that. And, of course, maybe that's the plan. Greg, uh, if you're listening, you know, we're Mike's available. Um, we can let you yeah. into the Discord channel because all the answers are already in there. Uh, that's in advance. <laughs> And if you want to learn anything else about, uh, you know, the Live Tour and, and what uh, the Americans think, go and listen to No Laying Up. They spent two hours talking about it. They, they're very, very American-centric. Um, they do a great job of podcasting and, you know, they really are the beacons of, of what we all want to be and, and achieve. But, uh, is there this week's episode was very, very, very American-centric. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, yeah, you bang on. I think the, the one person, I think DJ does okay, but I think the one person that's probably either speaking to some more Aussies or people from around the world is Tron. He, he does interject here and there with some thoughts of, 
No, I know he mentions he is trying to open a little bit um, about the fact that there's, there is golf outside of the US. You know, the, the, mm. the, the lens that they have is very, very American. I think they, I don't think they would, but I think they really need to get somebody on from outside of the US or Europe to talk to what the vibe is for, life, for live. Because like I said the other week, I, I know a lot of people that are enjoying it. Now, I don't know whether they're watching the YouTube. They are absolutely hell-bent mm. on talking about it on socials because they can't wait. And they're also hell-bent on getting to the first event when it's in Sydney, if it's in Sydney. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's enough. That's not what we're here to talk about with 12 minutes in. Uh, so, this or that. This is yes. uh, we, maybe if this is a thing uh, and this or that could keep going um well if anyone's got any ones that we don't go through send them in well, well i'm well i'm ready for this or that all right well we're going to start off with a few softballs so they're they're, they're i think they're easy questions mm -hmm. but you might have a a, a different answer wooden tea wooden teas plastic teas that sort of thing well yeah well there you go there's the first one wooden tea or plastic tea oh, please. what do you use no, I, uh, see this is a problem i use both is there one that specific that would use like path threes i use this path four um, driver, driver, I use this or no? No, no par no. three, par threes don't use a tea. Uh, I will use a plastic tea, but they will use a plastic tea that is in the shape of a wooden tea. So it has to be one of those thin profile ones. I won't use one of those big banger or plastic things that you need a jackhammer to get into a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the ground. But you know, like we went to New South Wales the other week and they had complimentary teas. Uh, I may have availed myself of an extra, none left. An extra handful. <laughs> oh, really? They're free. Oh, okay. Um, well, may have went back for a second go. Yeah, uh, and, they'll, and they'll plastic, and I'm happily happily use them. But yep. um, you know, every tea that's in the the golf cupboard just here beside me, there it is. There, um, they're all wooden ones. I've got a box full of. Um, I like to I like to get those special ones. As I think a lot of people do these days, the ones with the colours on them. Yeah, uh, I've got the the golfers journal ones in there. I've got the random golf club ones in there. I've got the all the ones that I've pinched from Millfield and all those places. So they're all wooden teas. So if I buy teas, they're wooden. If I use them for plastic, that's fine. I'm somewhat similar. So I'm pretty much 95% wooden teas. Um, but I have to admit, I've been using some tour teas. Tour teas? Oh, yeah, tour teas. Lately? Paul Sheehan's tour teas, yes. Paul Sheehan's tour teas. And um, because I keep buying boxes of caddy snacks, <laughs> every time you buy a box, you get a tour tea in there. I've got a handful of those as well. So... That's a good one. Good, good one to start. So that's what this or that's all about. That's okay. all it's going to be. It's going right. to be this or that. Oh, there um, you go. I think I know the answer to this. One. I think this will be a quick one. So walk or cart? Mm. Ah, walk, hundred percent. Anywhere you definitively get a cart. Like for me, oh, I'm with you. It's always walk, but um, as in somewhere like Ocean Dunes, I have to get a cart because it's about a twelve k loop. Because oh. I want to get around and play as much golf as I can. Yeah, for sure. When it, when it makes sense to take a cart and, you know, it, it's obvious that you need it to get for, you know, 500 metres between tees and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, equally, I'm not offended these days when I have to take a cart and it really is a walking course. I played uh, golf yesterday at Flinders. Uh, give Flinders a miss for a moment because they've just sanded their greens, as many courses have at this time, but they're very sanded. So, you know, Go in there in a couple of weeks and it'll be pure. Uh, it was very good otherwise. Don't worry about that. But I played with uh, Andy Naboo, uh, soccer Melbourne City, um, developing golfer, loves golf, passionate about golf. Uh, those guys, when they're in this pre-season phase of their training, heavy, heavy workloads, always want to take a uh, cart when they play golf, obviously, for their 
sporting reasons. And uh, I'm not offended by it. I'd rather walk. But what I tend to do is just jump out a little bit earlier and, and go for a walk and I try and Same. still do a bit of that yeah. sort of stuff. But it doesn't offend me. Played New South Wales last week in a cart. Um, I was actually pretty happy about that because it poured down rain. Yeah, no, I'm the same. And with my back, I always walk. And I quite like the fact that the buggies, um, or the carts driving my uh, clubs around. Mm. Which leads me to the next question. If you are walking, which I knew you would be, are you carrying or have you got a push buggy? Well, uh, no. I, I carry only for my sort of Sunday afternoon four to six to nine hole loops. You know, that little fun um, sort of game. Yep. Or in Scotland, you know, I'd carry there. So when I'm over there with the, the small bag, I'll carry. That's easy. Um, but no, Peninsula Kingswood, I'll have a buggy. And do I need to announce a change to my buggy setup? Yeah, if you've got one, yeah. for sure. Remote control battery. You did not. Maybe I did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Remote control battery operated. That was not a question. That was not a this or that. No, there oh, you go. Well, I would not have picked that. It's an extension of this or that. Uh, and you know what? Uh, obviously, everyone knows what I do. You know, I'm in the in the golf world and, uh, you know, selling – I'm facilitating the dreams of golfers all around the country. Uh, the electric buggies have gone through the roof. I uh, have. Power Caddy, Motor Caddy, MGI, the, they all do a good one. And um, people have gone nuts for electric buggies and not just what you would have thought several years ago uh, for the 50-plus category. Um, we got the footy players using them. We've got young fellas. We've got ladies, girls. Yeah, everyone's using them. And, yeah, it's only really can they come at the price uh, if they want to accept the price of you know, that technology to use it. But I'll tell you one other thing since using it. It's such a great experience playing golf because you feel like you've got a caddy. You, know, you don't have to worry about the the encumbrance of a bag on your back and you can just walk and you can stand up straight and you can stretch out. It's actually really good. Yeah, they're not for me, but that's okay. Maybe they will be one day. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always um, – sorry, not always. I'm not – if I'm playing golf 18 holes, I'm, I'm, I've got my own little um, buggy that sits in the car. Um, but for the uh, sunset – Nine hole uh, daylight savings rounds, half set. Mm. Uh, I've always got the Seamus bag. Yeah. Uh, normally a speaker on the side of it playing some sort of, uh, as the doctor from marketing knows, um, some sort of uh, hip hop from the 90s, 2000s. Uh, the other, just to clarify, because if I've offended anyone by saying I've now joined the remote control buggy brigade, and I've, I appreciate that some people uh, do not want to do that and want to prolong that uh, for as long as they can. Uh, the other thing, just for work wise, I use the um, – it gives me the opportunity to put the ca a little camera that I use for some of this golf photograph sort of work that I do now for drummer golf. I can put the camera in the um, – what's it called? The umbrella holder. Yes. So I don't need anyone to hold it or do that sort of thing. I can yeah. just put it there. and So it does help with a little bit of that and I can put it in, yeah, all that sort of stuff. No, that's that, – that, that, yeah, those things help. Just like, got, takes weight off you. Well, I've got to listen to that for you. I think you, you obviously just answered that. Music or no music? That was going to be a this or that, but I didn't put it on there. Um, Obviously, music. It's music. So in a normal round, if I'm I've played I've played with some I play a lot of public or municipal golf, as a lot of some people call it, if they're in the states. And I'll join up with anybody. So I play a lot of golf just by myself, and it's amazing the sort of people that you cop that will play. I've played with guys that all have the 
the the the horse racing going on a Saturday, playing off their off their buggy the whole time while they're playing, with listening to the races. And I've played with guys that want to put a a um, Bushnell speaker or whatever they are on the side of their buggies and play music booming out of that. Um, I am against, not against, but if you want to do it, that's cool. Just as long as it's not going to affect me, it's not going to be in the middle of my golf swing. No issues. But I would say no music. But if I'm going for a, a, sun, a sunset hit of nine holes, I'll I'll have just something going in the background just for a walk, a bit of a decompression session. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You? Uh, I'm no music. I, yeah. I think there's a time and place for it. Uh, I played a course where it was no music. Um, you know, I don't think they allow music. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I actually don't know. Uh, but no, I'm fine with no music. I, I'm cool in my own headspace and thoughts and just hearing the birds and listening, listening yeah. for the, uh, the butcher birds sounds or the magpies or whatever other birds I can hear and, you know, sounds and just, I'm fine with that. But, if you and I were together and you said I'm just popping the music on, you yeah, know, and it's one, I'm cool with that as well. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna put me off because I'm able to get into that zone, right, where the music. That's you know, it. Can't like, even hear it. It's like Tiger Woods' dad throwing golf balls. It doesn't bother. That's me. it. No, no, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm not there yet. Except when, um, except when I'm chipping. I actually remember slightly jumping off um, script. I actually remember. Aaron Badley, when he won, and this would have been maybe even 10 years ago, him saying that he was singing a song to himself the yeah. whole way around, and that helped keep him in the zone. He had some, I can't it was a terrible song, whatever it was. Uh, it was Taxi Ride. Was it? Yep. There you go. Uh, because he's very good friends with Jamie Glazier, and, and Jamie may have been working with him at that stage, but it was definitely, is taxi, was Taxi Ride a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. from uh, they're from where I grew up, the sub mine, suburb sub, suburb that I grew up in. Always come to me. Whatever the stuff, that song is. The, the stuff that's stuck in our heads is frightening. Is that that song? Is that Taxi Ride? Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I think it yeah, is. Thanks for don't ask me to sing it. Um, okay. What's next? Uh, hybrid or long iron? Uh, well, I'll clarify um, long iron, uh, but mm. dri- driving iron. You know, driving iron. utility iron, driving iron. I call it driving yeah. iron, but I think technically in the in the um, product catalogue they're called a utility iron. Yeah. Well, you could have you could carry a two iron. Yeah, I've got an eighteen degree uh, Callaway Apex Forged um, UT utility iron at the moment. Really good. Yeah. Uh, but I also have that uh, Callaway U wood, the utility wood, which isn't a hybrid. I don't call it a hybrid, but it's not no. really a wood either. Like a little mid, mid midway between the two, sort of like a cliquey type of thing. Uh, yeah, no, but long iron, uh, yep. and, and predominantly that for me is around ball flight. So I'm really looking for a type of ball flight with that club, and ease of ease of use. You know, like the days for me of hitting a blade of one iron or two iron are gone. Can't find the center that well enough, and the technology that exists in the modern utility iron is so good you can hit mm. it right across the face and still get an effective result. They come off low spin like a rocket. Yeah. You know, you can, you've seen Min Woo Lee hit those stingers with that club. Um, yeah, yeah. Closer to be able to hit that shot with that type of club than a hybrid, which is designed to help it draw, stop the slice, pop it up nice and high. That's not what I need. You? No, I'm both. So I, I actually carry both. I've got a Titleist one iron, which... Yeah. Takes off, takes off like a rocket. But um, you know, I was funny. I was talking about that club just yesterday with someone, and we were talking about that club, and it really does shoot it up high. It's more, yeah. like, it's more like a hybrid 
than anything. Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, it, it's frightening when you hit it, how high it goes. Like yeah. pe- people will be like, oh, what was that? They just think it's a driving iron and it's a one iron. And they go, what? Yeah. It's, that was that went so high. It just it just takes off, and it's like you said, it's got no spin. So when it hits the ground, it'll run another thirty meters. Mm. It's a it's unbelievable club. So but got, then I also carry the the Callaway uh, hybrid. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm in the middle, but I don't carry a three wood because I hit driver off the deck. So we got an extra mm. club to play with. If you're only watching uh, the podcast, uh, sorry, only listening. Uh, the, to the podcast, you're not watching the video on YouTube, which you can. There's a fair bit of head wobble going on. There. I, hit, I hit driver off the deck. Yeah, <laughs> it just means I can't hit a three wood. <laughs> you know, I'm very good at hitting the driver off the deck for some uh, reason. Yeah, and you know what? I can absolutely validate that. I've seen it. So, I hit one last week at Lonsdale. Uh, I think the hole is called Long. It's on the back nine. It's about the must be about thirteen, and I hit driver and hit it right in the middle and then pulled out driver and the boys I was playing with who I didn't know looked at me like, thank you driver. And then I punished one down to about five feet off the green, which was really good and then made a par. It was good. Um, next one, mallet or blade? <sighs> I, I'm I, thought this one, I thought this one might be an interesting one for you. Well, I, mate, I'm captain, fl- I am captain flip-flop. <laughs> uh, I'm captain club change. Uh, and that just goes with the turf, but I look at the moment I've gone back to a mallet. The reason why I went back to a mallet is because I started putting with my cousin's Odyssey two ball uh, one round when I was in Scotland playing with him because I couldn't be bothered getting a putter out or something like that. I can't remember. I just I walked onto the green without my putter, used his, and I thought, oh, that went straight back, straight through, pretty easy. Yep. And I had a blade, and. Uh, and I've come home and I've put my I've got a ping catch, um, which is probably the most stable ping mallet that they've ever made. Uh, I put that in the other day and the trip to Sydney and, and it's working okay. But I had been putting with a blade prior to that, and I'll tell you because I put the blade back in in lockdown when I was putting here endlessly on the putting mat. Yeah. And I only putted with the blade because I'd told myself in my head, in my peanut brain, that you are a terrible putter and you can't putt with a with a blade, so you must putt with a mallet. And I really, like a lot of people, you know, they like the blade shape, especially that ping answer, yeah. Scotty Cameron Newport too. They yeah. like that shape and they want to putt with that and they just have a little bit of a higgledy-piggledy, missy weekend and then all of a sudden that's back in the cupboard and the, and the mallet comes back out. That was me, in, out, in, out, in, and it's just disastrous. You know, yeah. If you do that, stop it. You know, like don't tell yourself you're a bad putter persist go and do a bit of practice and find the center of the cup rolling the ball in with your favorite putter and stick to it because it's just technical it's not the putter it's the technical part that usually lets you down mm. unless you've got a putt with the claws and do all of you know side saddles that sort of thing like if there's a side, yeah well it, that's fine just stick with it um but yeah yeah uh, well I, i've got a i've got a ping answer putter here and a scotty cameron newport two putter here mm. and neither of them have seen the light of day for 15 years. I've been a, a team mallet for a long time now. Um, the original ghost, TaylorMade Ghost, is what I went to mm-hmm. for a long time. And then I went to the Jason Day Spider. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back on the, yeah, the Ghost Spider, whatever it is, which is my old putter from about, yeah, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you've got the original Spider, the black, the yeah. white one, the big white one. The white one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm back on that. And I'll put some uh, extra weight in the back of it. And, yeah, I love it. But yeah, um, I, I can't use a blade. I feel like I've got a paintbrush in my hand. I can't 
can't control it. Uh, just fun fact on that. Do you know who the designer of that uh, spider design was for TaylorMade? Still a name in putting, uh, putter design, not with TaylorMade. No. Sean Toulon. There you go. So oh, that's t- the one who makes the Callaway one now. Yeah, Toulon, Toulon putters. Uh, yeah. Odyssey Toulon obviously had a bit of a stint making Toulon design putters in the post-TaylorMade era. I'll have to look at those next up. So that's why, that's why you see some of the Odyssey putters in that spider shape, you know, and a lot of people said, oh, you know, they've copied TaylorMade. Well, yeah, it was a pretty successful model, the TaylorMade Spider, and still is in the franchise. The name is still part of the design, and the design is still part of the brand. Uh, if you have the designer that designed one of the most successful putters in the game, you're going to use that designer. You? You're, hmm, you're, you're going to lean in his expertise in making one of the most successful putters. So, Sean Toulon, there you go. Um, That's why I'm here. This is one you chucked up. Stand bag or staff bag? Stand. Did you put that one on? No, stand, yeah. I didn't That's an easy one. I didn't know this was a surprise to me, this whole thing. Uh, stand, um, stand bags for me, it's an, I think that's an easy one. Just bag. because I do have a staff bag here somewhere, but um, no, too, too, too big to carry around these days. Got a pink staff bag in there and a Strixon uh, staff bag out the back. Rocket, Rocket's team staff bag. Um, now this one, I don't know. I actually don't know this answer for you. Um, is it mark your ball with the texture or a pen or do you use a special number? Or is it neither? Hmm. Uh, when I do mark my golf ball, I would mark it with a line and a pen. Uh, oh, I'd lose golf balls too often. I, sometimes <laughs> I don't even mark them these days. But yeah, it's so quite, I, I mark mine the same way. I've I've marked my I've marked my golf ball the same way for again twenty years. I found a golf ball one day. It was a brand new Pro V twenty hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the originals. Yep. And they'd mark this ball with a little smiley face, a bit of a weird little smiley face. And the next day I used it and played really well. So I've marked it the same way ever since. Mm. But okay. now I've also doubled up with the the Drummond Golf um, purchase of the Titleist 21s, my lucky number. So I get my lucky number and I get to still put the smiley face on there. Uh, Mike's talking about play numbers. So there are selected uh, drum and golf stores around the country that sell play numbers. So you can get numbers one through to 99, uh, a whole dozen. So if you like a 21, like Mike likes 21, he can come in and get the the, the numbers uh, fit that suit. 23 is a popular number. Seven is a popular number. 99 is a popular number. 69 is a popular number. Don't know why. Um, yeah, there's a whole <laughs> heap of num- popular numbers that you can get. Um, but... If I had to say to you, Mike, just to throw that question backwards, if I did once um, behave in a very um, distinct manner and mark my balls religiously, even to the point where I had said marking printed, what would that what was that marking for extra points? It was the My Love of Golf logo. No, this is pretty, you know, like I've been playing. I'm a pretty old dude and I've been playing golf oh. for a pretty long time. So it was well before My Love of Golf was even... Conceived. Oh, it'd be like, I don't want to guess your football team, but it'd be, oh, no, 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 no. It'd be the, the Scottish flag. Correct. Well done. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I worked, at, I, I worked out how to draw it that well that people would pick up my ball and go, oh, do you get the Scottish flag printed on there? I was like, no, I just draw it with a texter. And uh, it's, basically, it is. it's basically just a, you know, the blue square yeah, and then four coloured in triangles and leaving the white cross. Pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, so I could draw that pretty well, and I'd put a little flag stick on there. It was really nice. But then I did get some printed on there. 
that would have been much easier, less time consuming. And back then, that was when I was a member at Mornington, all the little young fellas that are now probably half of them are golf pros, Ian Merritt and uh, Alex Dudley-Bateman, who's the fitter at Titleist now, and uh, um, Aaron Grindle, you know, they'd find them all in the rough on the bush when I'd lose them and they'd come back and say, I found your golf ball, mate, I found your golf ball. And I'd, I'd give them two bucks for it and they'd take it and I'd get my golf ball back. Bargain. Hmm. Bargain. Sorry, another fun fact. Um, this one, I don't, you know what, I was going to put a third option in, but I'm only going to give you two options and I don't know which one you're going to pick. PGA Tour or Live? Because hmm. I put DP World Tour in there, you would have gone with that. <sighs> So, so the this or that on this is your uh, preferred. No, live tour is not that far down the road to say. Doesn't matter. Uh, you, 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 you can only watch one from now on. Which one it's, is it going to be? And I'll, I'll, while you're thinking, I'll preface that when I was in drum and golf yesterday, it was on the big screen. Yeah, well, that's all it was on. It's on KO. Uh, no, it was on YouTube. Sorry, I was. I was going to say, was it on KO? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It was on YouTube. Um, Dear. Well, based on my desire to see things grow, evolve, change, and things become better, different, and accept the fact that they go through a period of uncertainty or a period of newness, and that is what leads to a better product, I'm going to say live. Did you see Rory today talk about the future of the PGA Tour? Mate, did I? I saw. Uh, no, I didn't see that. But someone asked him about, you know, you've talked a lot about the PGA Tour and how Liv's affected it, but you haven't really given us insight as to how this is going to help the DP World Tour. And he effectively said, and people can look up the interview, but he effectively said, yep, I get it. And what will happen in 2023 will be a bridge to what we want to execute in 2024. And... I think people will be a lot happier with what is coming and you will see the best players playing against each other more often and playing each other in this part of the world more often. Fine. That sounds like a, a not a world tour because I'm sure they're not coming to Australia anytime soon, but it sounds like they're going to try and make a, a PGA Tour schedule where there's going to be uh, a little bit more happening in the uh, in the European portion, which is sounds good. And if that's what happens, like, you know... I, no, 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 you can't come back. You you chose to leave, you're done. You're finished, <laughs> no, mate. I don't, I don't want to be painted as a guy who's like the, you know, likes to live for all the wrong reasons. I just No, 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 no. no. I, 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 only reason I knew that that one would be a thinking one for you is because you've said, and not, not in a political way, you like the fact that it all starts and it's there and you can just watch it and it's different, different, different viewing. There's been a fair bit of uh, focus on Rory... Uh, with all of the comments he's made around talking to his old teammates, uh, old tour mates, or not talking to them more to the point. And, uh, you know, hey, Rory, what happens if it's you or a live player on Sunday, you know, coming down the stretch and little silly quips like, you know, well, they, they might get tired because they haven't been playing, you know, 72 holes. Um, all that sort of stuff. And you saw the town crier, you know, the town crier having yeah. a, whatever it was with uh, Ian Poulter. They could have been talking about West Ham and Arsenal. Who knows? But, yeah, um, I think he's he's th he's like he is like he's played in the DP World Tour six times or something yeah. like that. Well, he's a, he's a defending champ. I get that. Um, I get. I that. think 
I think for him it's um everything he said you can't you can't disagree with, but I think John Rahm said it better. John Rahm said, Look, Westwood, Sergio, Balto, these guys have played this event forever. I'm not getting on them to play here. But Taylor Gooch and Answer, you know, if you've never been here before, you've never made any interest in, in playing this tour before, you're really only here to take advantage of a spot that someone else that does play this tour could have been in. And I don't agree with it. And that for me was the perfect perfect answer. Um Billy's just I don't know, probably reading from the PJ tool script a little bit too hard, I think. Billy was making sense until I started asking questions about money and that sort of thing. And he started to get a bit wobbly in his response there. Yeah, yeah. still made sense. But anyway. Um you, you you've led me perfectly to the next question. Mm. Seventy two holes or fifty four holes? Ah, fifty four holes. Fifty four, okay. Yep. I actually don't like fifty four. And I might be thinking from a from a Mike Mike's um, data like perspective. I'll put it that way. But if I've got a guy who's started poorly in a seventy-two hole tournament, I'm a lot. I'm a bit more comfortable with the fact that they might be able to make the ground up versus fifty-four. Hmm. Um, yeah, I get, get that. Match play or stroke, and and it doesn't mean you can't have the other. It's like preferred match. Match play. I I don't I don't yeah, you know what I'll probably say match play as well. Um now this one is for a this one's for you, not to watch, but to play. Par or Stableford? I don't know if everyone you, you, would people know what people that listen in Australia would know what par and stableford. Would everyone else know? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not gonna even try and explain it because it, it'll it'll sound very yeah, poor. No, people struggle. You know, new golfers that haven't played, um, yeah, those games struggled to understand at the best of times. But I assume that most people know what par or stableford is. Yeah. Uh, if someone said we are banning par for the rest of the golfing world from now on forever, you would not see a tear shed from my eye because that game smoked, <laughs> it is terrible. That smoke balls <laughs> that game of par. I agree. I think it's the worst. I hate the fact that I I will somehow play par and I will birdie. Three holes for the day, and they'll be the, the holes that I get shots on, but I don't get anything back extra for it. So, yeah, I'm very happy you said that because I couldn't agree with you more. Well, as a, as a you know, it does punish low single-figure players, you know, like mm. it penalizes them for a bogey, but it doesn't reward them when they get, you know, a birdie or a eagle. Birdie streak or an eagle. There's Net no, eagle, there's, yeah. There's no, triple, there's no triple pluses or double pluses. So no. it, it can, yeah, but it, I actually did the exercise once because you know, there was a lot of par – uh, played over the winter months, and it's a, actually a bit of a thing uh, because once you like stable for once you can't score, uh, you pick up. So yeah. par, you can't score after you, you know. There's no one point, so it's no. it's, it's one less shot that you play for the scorecard, so to speak. If that yeah. makes sense. So you pick it up. So that's why they played in winter a lot. Um, but I think I think the Americans don't play anything like this, but. They're definitely um, Americans, Australians. Americans play what they want. Like, oh, they just good. play stroke. Everyone plays yeah, stroke. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's a gimme. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Take, yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. I'll give you that. Lots of, lots of money. Lots uh, of money. Hey, bet I'm going to take, take a breakfast ball. Yeah, okay, Barry. Sorry. Would you believe? Would you believe? There's a question coming up for you. Um, this one's – I actually don't remember this one for you either. Flag in or flag out mm. when you're putting? Yeah. 
Oh, dear, I'll never forget this. Um, so it was with Shura, actually. We're playing, <laughs> we're playing one of the first rounds when the flag in rule came into yep. play. And I thought, I actually don't mind the concept or the concept of flag in. It might help my putting. It might give me something to aim at. It might give me just, you know, a different feel. So I'm going to try this flag in. And we hadn't really got into the round and uh, the f- discussion came up. And, I, and I'm in my mind going, I'm flagging, I'm going to put flag, flag in. Flagging is going to be awesome for me. I'm, this is going to help my putting. And then Shura goes, mate, if anyone's got to put flag in, they've got to get a new group of mates. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's over. Sorry, Shura. And your putting never improved. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, flag in, flag out. No, but right now, um, to, to answer that, I'm flag out on the shorter putts. Uh, but in the spirit of what that rule is intended to achieve, yeah, longer, speed of play. longer putts, I'll just putt with the flag in. I'm the same. Um, I'm, I'm 100% the same. And if the ball's teetering on the cup, I just tap it in. I don't care. But anything from four feet or in, flag has to come out. I can't tell you how many putts I've missed from three feet leaving that flag in because my brain automatically aims for the gap between the flag and the edge of the hole yeah. instead yeah. of aiming for the flag. It's all mental, but I hate it. Um, yep. No, yeah. I get that, 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 that's probably me as well. Now, we're going to start getting to some controversial ones here. So, flag in, flag um, out. It's not controversial. Oh, no, nah, that one's fine. Um, and, I, and I had to narrow it down this one. So, Royal Melbourne West or Kingston Heath? Mm, Kingston Heath. Yeah, I, I would say Royal Melbourne West. I, but I didn't want to say Royal Melbourne and said in case we had thought of the composite because I didn't think that was a fair fight. Um, now, I think I know the answer to this one pretty quickly. Do you want to know why? Yeah, well, tell I, me why. I like them both. Like, oh, yeah, there's, there's no wrong answer. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Uh, I'd actually choose Peninsula Kingswood North Course up in front of both of them. That's why I didn't put it on there, mate. Um, <laughs> and and criteria of difficulty isn't isn't a criteria for rating golf courses or anything like that. But, you know, challenging golf is something. And golf, when it's too hard, you know, that becomes a little bit, you know, punitive. But I just think that Kingston Heath makes you think about your golf shots a little bit more. You know, it doesn't have the same width off the fairway. There is width if you know where you're going, but there's just a little bit more thinking. And I think Royal Melbourne, I've only played it off the back tee sort of once or twice. Uh, there's a lot of width there. And if you strike it on a gen- generous day, you know, it, you can tear the place apart. If the greens are firm, obviously that becomes more difficult, all that sort of thing. But it's just, I don't know. I just like Kingston Heath. I just like Kingston Heath. I like them both. Probably Kingston Heath. I, I, I really like them both. But I, to be fair, I haven't played Kingston Heath in a few years. I wouldn't have played it in 10 years now. So well, I'm magni- probably too to that. Magnificent. Played both in the last 12 months and both magnificent. Um, yeah. No, never, neither are going to be a bad day. Now, this one I think I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Barnboogle or King Island? Barnboogle. Barnboogle, why? I don't know. It's, it, it's, it struck that chord, um, that it pulled at that heartstring. Yep. That heartstring's only been pulled for me seriously three times in my golfing career. Uh, I've spoken about one of those places recently, that was Macrahanish. Uh, mm. The other place that was probably the original heartstring pull for me was La Hinch. And, um, you know, well, I was lucky enough that you took us to the town of Bridport for accommodation. We got to stay in Bridport, which wasn't on 
the property of Bamboo. Yeah, the last no, time. Doc, Doc Marketing, Doc Marketing did that. So we. Spent a little bit of time in the local community and then we stayed yep. at Barnboogle and it's just got another level of heartstring pulling. It's just a lovely place to be in and around. You can't help but get in there and feel some form of golf relaxation ascend over you. And for me, that happened there. I've only been to Cape Wickham the once, going back there soon. It didn't happen like that. Now, I'm... Um I'm sort of that separate to the golf course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your question about the golf course. My question was about King Island or Cape Wickham. The trip. The trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I very much put a big value on these places if I go there and how the golfing gods ascend over me and consume me. My yeah. da- my dad's gonna listen to this and go, what What have I done? What have I <laughs> What have I created? <laughs> well, I I I would say Barn Boogle, and I love King Island, and um, I love Cape Wickham. And but I think Barnboogle as a trip is all encompassing. Um, you don't have to move, you're on course, you got two of the greatest courses in Australia right there. Um, yeah, and I, I really, really like the sports bar at um, Barnboogle. I could sit there and drink beers on that balcony forever. Well, we, I've been there twice with you and been treated to two of the greatest sunsets in the history of sunsets. Yeah, plus, unbelievable. Plus, over the other shoulder where the sun wasn't setting, you know, we had this sky that was unbelievable sky that pink sky pink sky and it was like nothing you've ever seen before yeah no it's a i I said to you the other day i'm in no hurry to go back because i've been half a dozen or seven times and you know what now i feel like i want to go back just after talking about it for 10 seconds there you go tells you how good the place is if someone said i'm picking you up tomorrow at thai airport um on in the pilates pc12 from air adventure making a special stop i'd be there in a heartbeat well you know there's plenty of time left in here we could probably get home in a couple of weeks um no, I think I know the answer to this one as well, but this is probably a, a question that most people get asked, and I think Australians versus US versus Europeans all have a different answer. The Open or the Masters? Open. Yeah, I thought that was a quick one for you. But I haven't been to the Masters. You've been to both, so it's your, a question for you. Open or the, uh, my, oh, it's open a, or I, the Masters? I, I, meant, I meant more the which one do you, do you want to watch more. Um, event to go to. Um, they both have very different attributes. Mm. I, I would say I love, I loved the the Masters was Disneyland, and the Open was just an amazing experience. And I don't know how you can tell the two the difference, but yeah, the, the Open I love for the fact that you're plugged in, and you know, like I said to you, it was the it was twenty. 17 so a speed v kucha going down the stretch and there's wi-fi through the course and i'm standing on the side of the 17th green with five other blokes watching my phone because we're, we're basically watching him take the drop on the driving range 100 meters over that we can't quite see and um an amazing experience and everyone's friendly and everyone loves their golf and not that they don't at the masters but the masters being so um difficult to do it's 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 like standing around a few thousand people that are living out the the, uh, the biggest bucket list thing they've got. It's just a different vibe. So there's no, there's no bad answer there. Um, so to watch, to 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 watch, I would say I would probably choose the Open, but to visit, I would say the Masters. Mm. Yeah, so split, split the yeah. difference. Um, now we're going to argue here. Pants or shorts? 
Because <laughs> we're I'm, we're both religious to one. Oh well. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. Do I have to get the uh, spray tan back out? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, my pants wearing run of summers, which will now be like in its fifth run coming into this summer, fifth year of short, summer with no shorts, was just really. You know what it was? I was. If I think about it, what it was was I got tan shamed on Instagram. Is oh, really? Yeah, I got tan, tan shamed. Really? By one of my colleagues. Uh, he he. Uh, I was out for one of those late Sunday afternoon uh, rounds. It was at morning. Yeah. Uh, I was videoing whatever shot I was taking on the signature par three. I thought I was doing pretty well. Had my white uh, Footjoy icons on. I had my short white socks on. Very nice. I had a grey pair of Travis Matthew shorts on. I still have them. I still fit into them many years on. Um, uh, I, had, I had a white polo shirt. Uh, I was very lightly coloured in the uh, attire department. I was very lightly coloured in the leg department. And he yep. tore 40 stripes off me. The whole, you know, put the out-of-bounds markers away. So I was tan-shamed <laughs> and I was, it affected me. And, I, I cop it the other way. Because oh. I don't, I only wear shorts all year round. Like I'm playing Saturday and it's raining and I'll be wearing shorts. Um, my legs are tattooed. Like from my, from my, where my ankle socks finish, my feet are, look like I'm wearing white white socks all the time. Well, as the people who listen regularly know, but if the people have listened, are tuning in, they've heard about this wonderful new segment called This or That, and they're coming to us for the first time, they will know that uh, they won't know that you know my skin color origins are from the Celtic uh, department. Uh, so it's you know what hair is you can see there on the video, uh, ginger ginger mustache. <laughs> Grey here, nothing on top, and freckles and white skin. And Karidi is uh, definitely not a Celtic name; it's Italian no. name. So, yeah. you know, culturally, eth- ethnically, um, you know, you you suit, you know, your skin is. It su- is. Uh, yeah, I, I I do go. Yeah. No, but once for, summer comes, it's it's yeah different different ball game. Uh, but for me, you know, in all seriousness, and and sun cancer skin protection is a legitimate thing in Australia and as it is all around the world, but it's certainly more prevalent. And for me, being of that fairer skin, you know, I, I, you know, I don't wear shorts a lot, so I don't bother now. I just leave the pants on. And, you know, that joke that we made last time when the Bucks party left spray tan in my shop and I wanted to go out one Sunday morning for a coffee in Mornington. I wanted to wear shorts. I used the spray tan. I'm unashamedly say at 50 years old, I used spray tan in my legs because I didn't want to be tan shamed in the main street of Mornington. So I sprayed my thing so I could wear shorts just to go out and get a coffee. But playing golf, I don't have to worry about covering my legs because I cover mm-hmm. them up. And uh, it's all good. But, you know, you look at my hand there, you know, left hand, no problems. Left hand, white as because I wear a glove. I wear a glove. Yeah. If this is a question, I'm going to answer it now. I wear a glove and I don't take it off. I putt with a yeah. glove. People think I'm weird. I putt with a glove. This hand here, where there's no glove, right there, full of sun yeah. damage. Full of sun damage. Yeah. So I, to, to answer the question, that wasn't a question, but it's a good question. Um, I wear a glove, obviously, but I take it off every time after I hit a shot. It always comes off. And if I leave it on, I feel completely awkward. It has to come off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Goes in the back right pocket. That's just where it goes. Um, is, it, is that because you've picked that up in your, you know, later to life golfer 
seen the PJ Tour? Did you pick that off? Of no, I, I, I actually the reason why I always take it off is I will sweat through them. Right. I just I, yeah. as soon as I as soon as um come summertime, I remember when I first started playing golf, I'd need nearly two gloves. I just sweat through them almost on the on the foot joy glove. So now it just comes off so that it just stays dry. Uh, is it? Does it act as like a mental trigger when you put it back on? Yeah, is that your time to switch on? Do you do any of that sort of stuff? No, I have heard Jamie talk about that, and I probably do need to start putting some of that into my game. I definitely do, um, but no, it doesn't. Um, is it John Rahm, Isn't it that opens and closes his? Um, yeah, he does it. The, yeah. uh, his glove. Um, no, it's something that I need to do, but no, it's not it. It's for me. It's more just. You know what? It might actually be. The more I think about it. It, maybe it is that part of my preparation for the shot is to put the glove on because it has to come off. Has to. Can it? Can it, if I have it on for two steps after I've hit the ball, it feels awkward. It has to come off. Mm. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Uh, for those that just want to just backtrack over that whole John Rahm thing. So if you watch John Rahm, you know when he's going through his pre-shot routine, he's behind the ball. His eyes are for the target. You know he's looking. He's in his mind's eye. He's seeing the ball project out. And when he goes past that motion and he wants to step into the shot, the glove comes on and off. The Velcro, you know, there's an audible sound. He slaps it back on and that's his go. You know, he, after he's done that, he's into the shot and it's gone. And it really is, you know, if if you struggle in, you know, making that transition from pre-shot routine into uh, over the ball and you find yourself being consumed with thoughts over the ball, you've got to break that habit because that, is a real contributor to bad shot golf. Um, the pros don't do it. So try and find something that you step over the line. You know, Tiger Woods would be a step over the line, especially after a bad shot for Tiger. That's another story. Um, but, you know, get that Velcro on and that's the switch. Flick the switch and then move into the shot. That is a good good routine. Thank you. Um, while we're talking about SunSmart, um, cap or visor? More. Oh. Please, cap. Okay. Yeah, you're a cap man. I am. Uh, I actually probably similar to the glove, sweating through the glove. I massively struggle wearing a hat playing golf, and I should be wearing something because I have no hair at all. Um, but the one cap, the one hat that I do wear is a bucket hat. If I do wear a hat, but um, I, I can't wear a visor. I don't have the hair for it. Do you wear? But do don't you wear a peaked hat sometimes? You do wear a peak. You wear a normal hat. If if I wear if I wear a, yeah if I wear one yeah. like I wear normally getting around I will but playing golf I just if I'm at if it's summertime when I should be wearing a cap I struggle I'm just yeah. I'm dripping from 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 wearing anything on my head as soon as I take it off mm. I'm much much okay. um, much less I don't know how it works um I, I I get too if I didn't have a cap on and I just went shans and put the uh, the sunscreen yeah. over the bald spot, like you do. Yeah. Um. You're you shave everything off. Whatever's yep. there, you shave it Razor. off. I, I just yeah. I just leave a little bit there. Yeah. Um. I, I I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I I couldn't put nah, sunscreen. Oh, different skin too. And I make sure to get my checks and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But yeah. Um. Spikes or spikeless. Uh. So we're talking about soft spikes, you know, screwing ones. Soft spikes. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Um. No metal spikes. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's more. I'm no. more of. I'm more of a, a look of the shoe. I'll either like the shoe, the, the look of the shoe, or won't like the look of the shoe. Uh, there was a period of time, in fairness, that I would not play in um, spikeless shoes because I'd convinced myself, you know, my swing is too powerful. You know, I need the connection to the ground, man. You know, because I'm generating yep. so much torsional strength, so I need the grip. Um, <laughs> that's bullshit. Um, 
so now I, I've got the the Travis Cueta, uh, which is the same shoe that John Ramway is the Travis Matthew brand. Uh, yep. And they're a soft spike. I've got a pair of those on, and they're one of the most comfortable shoes that I've worn either casually or on the golf course. I yep. don't mind my feet slip, not slipping, but I don't mind that little bit of give under the foot. But yep. I've got a pair of Cueta white shoes. They're the white ones that John Ram would wear with soft spikes in them. Don't mind them either. We wore them yesterday. Doesn't doesn't bother me. But but yeah, there are differences in golf shoes. You know, the the Footjoy icons, you can see them in the background there, the black ones there that are painted with the indigenous um painting. Really nice shoes. They do give you a different level of grip because they've got a very structured structured bottom. Yeah. So if if you do swing fast and you like that sort of feeling of grip, you know, that structured bottom shoe might help you. If you like to feel your feet move around a bit and you know you don't mind that athletic shoe fit, well then go for the soft spike with a bit of athletic movement. You can get a shoe for everything. I will tell you, I will one thing that I picked up at the open. I actually picked it up. It's here somewhere, but because I didn't know about this, I, I would have grabbed it out. I don't know where it is. Have you? Did you know that the pros still wear metal spikes? Yeah. Yeah. When you hear them walk, yeah. but they 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 have like a plastic around it to make it look like they're not wearing a metal spike, mm. but then the center is just a piercing spike. Yeah. So you know your normal cleat looks it looks like yeah. that. I picked one up off at the. Did I mention that I was in the players lounge at the open? Yeah, um, I might not have mentioned that. Maybe. Um, just outside there, there was a, a spike, and I picked it up because I thought, oh, that's an interesting little keepsake, you know, because Herbie, Herbie wears metal spikes. You know, he wears the metal spike with the. So it looks like a scorpion spike, but it's got, as you said, yeah. it's got the metal spike in it. They still yeah. wear them. Tiger, Tiger definitely wears them, mm-hmm. and Justin Thomas definitely wears them. I know I saw Adam Scott shoes the other day. He definitely wears them too. Um, it's quite weird because I don't understand. I, I, I've never, so like I came to the game much later, so I never wore metal spikes. So I don't understand the difference between the metal spike and the normal now spike. Mate, because I, I, my first job as a 13-year-old was in a pro shop, I used to froth over the spikes. I had, uh, when I was 17, I went to America, got those first ever Footjoy premieres or whatever they're called. Yeah. And uh, I quickly got rid of all the steel spikes and replaced them with tungsten spikes. Oh, I was in heaven. But uh, so, is, is the... Uh, un, is, un, is, unwearable. <laughs> like, they were just, I had eternal tungsten spike in the ground. It was beautiful. But is it, is your grip to the ground any different? I, I got no idea. No, just, it's, it, it, it is weird. In this day and age, especially in prior to they changing the rule around fixing spike marks, I'm sure, John, speaking of John Rahm, I'm sure John Rahm blew up not that long ago about people still wearing metal spikes and saying, I don't get it. Like, yeah. why do you keep doing this? Yeah. Um, I don't get it either. He doesn't. He His curator, Travis Matthew curators, uh, he just got the normal spikes. I checked them yeah. out. Yeah. Um, a little bit similar to one we've asked before, but um, extra wedge. Or extra metal, as in extra, you know, wood, hybrid, whatever. Uh, I'm taking extra wedge. Yeah, I'm not good enough with the wedges. I, I've got the extra metal. Um, yeah, but everyone mixes it up. What Phil carries four wedges, I think. Mm-hmm. But then again, he won the Masters with two drivers, so he's a different cat. <laughs> um, well, the three, the 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 fairways now go that long, and they cover such a yeah, a breadth of um, shot making ability, especially you know what you and I carry this uh, Callaway Ultimate. Would they? They just go so far, and you can make so many shots. So for me, it does mm. sort of. I I don't need the three wood, so I've dropped that out. So yeah, I can. I don't have a. I carry four iron, and then I I've got driver, 
ultimate wood, two iron, irons, and then three wedges. I could drop one of those yeah. out and have an extra wedge. But, uh, but yeah, three, so three is enough. I've got nearly the same, but I've got the one iron instead of the two, but one's going to come out because at the moment I've got the, I've got the UW this week. So thank you very much, uh, Mr. Ross, for finding one of those for me, which I'm very excited to be hitting on the weekend. But um, one something's got to make way. Haven't figured which one it is yet. I'll figure that out on the range. On decisions. Big decisions. Um, now, funny you said this before. Um, breakfast ball or range before you get there. So you got an 8 a.m. tea time. Are you playing mulligan or are you getting there 20 minutes early to hit a few balls? 20 minutes early to hit a few balls. Yeah, I would say. Every time. Um, this one's... Probably more an Australian-centric question, I think. My score or paper card for scoring? I hate my score. Hate my score? Yeah. So you, club comp at PK on the weekend, yeah, my got, score yeah, comes out? Yeah, you've got to have my score. You've got to use it. There's no other choice. But Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I, I would um, I'd love uh, – yeah, I don't mind the, keeping a card. It, I find – I find my connection to thinking about the course and the game and the holes and everything else better when I've got that something to read and just yep. sometimes stare at just so I don't have to talk to someone or yep. think about, you know, I, I, yeah, just I just like the card. I just like writing on it. No, that's I fair like enough. I, I, I'm not fussed about either, but I, I do, I do, um, I do have my score, but I'd probably, if I had to choose between the two of them, I'd probably choose the card, but then still utilize the leaderboard part of the um, my score app, which is good. Um, now, I don't know this answer for you either. Pie after nine holes or muesli bar slash caddy snack throughout the day? No, oh, 100% caddy snack throughout the day. Yeah. Mine too. Ah, uh, uh, I've. We once upon a time would go the pie, but it doesn't sit well with me anymore. It comes back to me. No, I'm the same. And I, I'm learning more about eating and keeping the brain active through the round and eating up every sixth hole or fifth hole just to make sure that I'm not uh, half falling asleep playing golf. Mm. You, you burning energies. Yeah, I'm still learning that part of uh, nutrition and hydration. Um, water, water and I are a thing that are still getting to know each other. Well... Again, that's why you're the host. It's the perfect segue. Gatorade or water? Uh, Are you going to tell me Coke Zero or something or Diet Coke? Yeah, I'd probably... I would probably make the excuse of, you know, there's some form of extra energy in the in the Coke, no sugar. Uh, so I would probably go for that, uh, the caffeine part of it. Uh, I would go for that at the halfway hut at PK, my good man. Uh, over the water, of course, there's a water fountain there and all that sort of thing. So I drink water all around, but I'd yeah. go for the pet, go for the the soft drink option. Uh, I wouldn't go for Gatorade uh, if there was only the choice of Gatorade. It'd have to be no sugar. I don't like those drinks with sugar in them. There's too much sugar. They're bad for kids. I um, you answered the question the same way I would. So I, luckily, my wife works for a um a company that makes Gatorade. So I get Gatorade no sugar. So I get that for home and then I grab a couple of those and I've got my water bottle that I fill up with the water fountain. So I mix and match between the two, especially in summer. I'm okay. trying to make sure I drink a bit of both, which is good. Mm, cool. Um, now, tea times. Are you due sweeping or are you a half sets and sunsets? 
Both. Ah, oh, preference. Uh, preference. You got to have a preference. Yeah. End of the day. Same. End yeah. of the day. Yeah. Now I'd, I'd much prefer to. Um, I don't mind getting up and playing an early round here and there, but if you said to me, right, Saturday, it's going to be 30 degrees. Did you want to get out early? Did you want to have a, like a nine holes at 7 p.m.? I'd take the nine holes at 7 p.m. Yeah, no, that's me. Um, three left. I don't know, but I don't think you'd have any. I don't think you do either of these, but we'll find out. Um, one-on-one lessons or are you watching YouTube slash Rick Shields tips? Oh, please. But, it's, it's, every, it's, it, it, do you know how many people I speak to on the yeah. golf course? No, I know, I know. I was, I was and they to... only get their lessons. Oh, I watched Rick Shields, or I watched this bloke, and I was watching these, so that they're out there. Oh, I know. I I make a living out of selling golf equipment to <laughs> all people like that, and fair play. You know, like mm. some form of instruction, and you know, having an interest in in learning and developing your game is better than nothing or having zero idea and yeah. a lot of the newer golfers you know are new golfers and they've tried to craft a golf swing through copying their mates or friends uh then the next resort is well and sometimes it's out of embarrassment you know like a lot of people don't want to seek instruction because they're self-conscious about it and they think they should be better if, especially if they're high achievers and and whatnot and they go to rick shields and or any other sort of golf YouTuber who do a great job, you know, like those guys have built successful careers out of, you know, offering instruction. But the problem, the problem that I see is, and I see it a lot, is that they can't implement the concepts. They don't understand the concept to implement. Now I'm not yeah. a golf pro, but I'm skilled enough in, in coaching and professional development. And yeah, you know, as a golfer, I had enough coaching, done level one coaching certificate for golf and all that sort of thing. I can, show someone how to get the right posture, the right setup, and, you know, tell them how to swing the golf club properly. One of the key central tenement, ten, tenements, if that's the right word, of the golf swing is posture and alignment. And if you don't get those right from the start, you know, you, you're really going to hide into nothing. And and people can't implement the concepts without the guidance. And that's where, yeah. that's where the face-to-face coaching is so critical because – a good golf coach is just going to get you on that pathway of getting those basic tenements of the golf swing, posture, alignment, yeah. and basic swing plane, get you going on that before, you know, you, you try and work it out yourself. I'm playing yesterday with Andy Naboo. And now Andy, is, in fairness, is getting lessons, but you can still see that he gets out of alignment. And, you know, it's just a continual process. You've got to put it into place you've got to train it but if you're training the wrong things it's a recipe for disaster and, that, and that's the thing i think if you're and i don't remember who i was talking to but someone i played with recently was talking about the fact that and i said the same same sort of thing but they were saying oh but they can give you like say a bunker lesson oh no it was nick serrano talking about bunker lessons and and no they might be able to give you a tip and I, I don't disagree with that and they can give you a mental image of what you know you want to be trying to achieve when you the path of the club through the sand and all that sort of stuff that part no drums but I think for people that are um, trying to hit a driver and they're saying, oh, I need to be more laid off at the top or I need to do this more mm-hmm. and I'm watching this video and that's what I'm going to go and implement, I think the two things that they need to probably assess is, one, is are you videoing yourself to see what your action actually looks like mm-hmm. and do you have the ability to then change that? And two, do you need to? Like the coach, the person you go and see will come and see you and say, this is what you do. Um, this is how we're going to tweak it because they're talking to you, not just to a generic golf swing. And 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 I always say, um, 
I'm built more like John Rahm than I'm built like Dustin Johnson. So I'm not going to ever get a swing a golf club like Dustin Johnson. So me saying, this is what DJ does, well, that's great. Well, I'm never going to be able to do that because I'm just not, not, we're not, we're not built the same. Uh, if you are listening to this and you know you are someone who takes your own instruction off YouTube and tries to implement that, this is please. I'm not. We're not meant to. No. Here. But basically, you know, I see a lot of this. I see a lot of people in the fitting bay, uh, and you know they're trying to get fit and they're trying to not hit bad shots. You know that whole self consciousness, and and you can see them going through their little you know, motions and 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 rehearsals and. You, know, you can see the club coming way back on the inside, and I think um, I've proven it to myself a number of times. I'm not saying that you know, good on your Ross, whatever, but you can see them going from the inside, and then they try and swing from the inside, which just leads to a big over the top. You know, from the inside there, there's no leverage, no power leverage, so they then hook it over the top. And uh, you know, there's a number of times when I go, oh, are you trying to work the club from the inside? You know, is your mind concept, you know? telling you to hit a draw, you know, hit a draw comes from the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start the club by pulling it way back. And basically, you know, the laws of ball flight and and the way that a draw and a fade works, to, you have to understand how that works. And I think it's very easy. A lot of people go, oh, inside path, and they think they've got to take the club away right on the inside. And it just leads to this position where they can only make a move at the ball over the top, hit down on it, hit across the line. And they wonder why they get big big whiffy slices or they get pulls you know like the yep. the cross the line will lead to a whiff a whiffy slice yep. or a pull and and they say oh my usual shape's a draw and you know my job is to politely correct them and say well a pull draw is different to a true draw a true draw starts to the right hand side of the target line and comes back to the center back. it doesn't start to the left of the target line and draw to the further left oh right and anyway that it usually comes from Getting the basic, you know, oh, a draw comes from the inside, so I've got to move everything to the inside and all that. It works different to that. I agree. Um, did that make sense? No, no, it did, 100%. Okay. Yeah, because I've done all those things. Um, now, this is you're going to have to close your eyes for this, so I'm going to describe it to you, okay? Mm. These are the two options. You've got to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. So w which one of these two things do you prefer? You're standing on the tee, and it's a par five. You've got the driver out, and you've absolutely launched this thing perfectly. It's taken off like a frozen rope. 300 straight down the middle, lands in the middle of the fairway and runs out a little bit. Mm, that happens that's, every, that's every week. Yeah, I know. Well, it's probably a little bit shorter than normal, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, or you're 150 metres out. You've got your iron ready to go mm. and you hit this absolutely perfect little tight draw in bounces on the flag skips about two minutes forward and then zips back to a foot it's going to be a tap in mm. which shot do you prefer oh give me the seven iron every day yep oh, i thought you were going to say the driver for sure which shot do i prefer which well it's probably hard to answer which which shot do i wish i had do i prefer <laughs> Like, <laughs> no. Oh, well, if you if you go out there tomorrow and you're going to hit both, which one do you go? Oh, I wish I could do that. Uh, like that's the one. That's the one I like the best. Yeah. No, the seven iron. But yeah, yeah. If if you can hit, you know, oh, I had to analyze this for the people. Uh, 
yeah, if you're hitting every set fairway like a frozen rope, you know, good luck. But, you know, the fair chances are you're hitting somewhere in some degree of wider dispersion, some in the centre, some out wide, some left, some right, you know, and then every whatever one's going to be dead. But most of them are in play. So, you know, if you're saying seven iron comes in with a little bit of a draw, bounces, checks and lands somewhere, yeah, I'm taking those every day. Yeah, I agree with you. That would be um, that would be the dream factory. Now the last one, the last one, I left the I left the biggest one to last. Now again, you're going to need to use your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a pro am invitation. Had a, okay, I've had a few of those. I, I know you've had a few, yeah. right? But these aren't probably ones you're going to get. At. Well, you might get one of them, but you won't get the other one because it's already passed. You're getting a, a prime invitation in 20. Oh, sorry, a prime invitation. We'll just say prime invitation. But you can only pick one. 150th Open at St. Andrews or President's Cup at Peninsula Kingswood? Oh, St. Andrews every day. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't need to play Peninsula Kingswood again. Well, which uh, the original question was going to be, which one would you be more excited for? 150th. Still 150th. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm wearing my President's Cup hoodie. So there you go. That was this or that. Uh, that was fun. I'm not sure. That was fun. I'm not sure if the, uh, everyone listening uh, has any value <laughs> out of uh, hearing uh, this or that. I, I want to hear their this or that. I want to hear the ones they've got that we didn't that that I couldn't come up with while I was working hard today. Sorry, I was distracted there, Mike. Uh, Peggy, uh, our podcast studio guest, uh, was just uh, going off the bed. She was just taking herself off the bed. So uh, good night, Peggy. Uh, I want to hear your this and that. Um, hopefully, you didn't think that was too self-serving. Uh, hearing me dribble on. A little bit, and uh, but that was good fun. Um, yeah, that President's Cup. Oh, look, it'd be awesome. Like, yeah, you know what? I'd probably do. <laughs> I'd probably find myself giving too much information. I'd be, like, oh, you know, like just hit. This it. is where you want to hit it. Yeah, yeah. just hit it here. Can get bring your caddy over. I'll tell him. You know, when I was here, like, <laughs> don't hit it left on six. You yeah. know, like left on six. That's death. You've got to go to the right of the pin. <laughs> uh, and but before we move off for President's Cup, mm. Herbie would. A bit, um, a bit unlucky. I would have thought. I don't know. Some, I, I don't know some of those names that are in that team. Yeah, there's a few. Um, I I won't pick on Cam Davis because Cam Davis is a super golfer. But it feels like they've picked a golfer for the course more than necessarily golfer in form. It feels like. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, how many how many days? He missed the cut at the Masters. Herbie. So Herbie, there's guys on the on the tour team that haven't won the, PGA Tour events. He won yeah. one last year. Yeah. He, he played in every major. Yeah. Made the cut in three or two of them. Uh, definitely made the cut in the Open. Um, US might Open. Have missed, might have missed in the Masters. But I mean, I I definitely definitely missed in the, in the Masters. Yeah. But PGA... He, he he um actually you know what I've still got the I've still got them here I can tell you anyway. because I went and wrote down oh, um, he's played all the big tournaments like how how much did he, how many like AWGRs did he miss out by no he was in he was in he he was um he 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 had a higher um like Christian Bazuidenhut so he was yeah like 
Really? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer as to why he didn't get picked. There must have been a. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he got a phone call. I'm sure he would have got a phone call telling him why. Um, I'd be absolutely shocked if he didn't. Um, telling him what, what, it, how he missed out because there wouldn't be many good reasons as to why he missed out. Um, in my opinion. And Fox and to Brocker's point, Foxy. Foxy missed out. That's ridiculous as well. Like, he's he's probably one of the most informed golfers of the lot. You just put Foxy out there as as he doubles up as a security guard at night time and then he comes out <laughs> and, you know, rips someone a new one by just bombing it fifty past them and making yeah. them, you know, like Fox Foxy's not got no fear. I, I, I thought Ryan Fox was a, was a certainty. I thought he was a, a no brainer. Um, he's probably the one that I was most shocked about, but then I thought I thought Herbie was right on the cusp. But then, yeah, there was a couple that got picked that I, yeah, I didn't even think they were in the mix. Uh, we did say we talk about Presidents Cup uh, in last week's podcast. But so, who is run through the the? Uh, oh, the, I can tell me that the international. Um, I can tell you, uh, but they've got some quality. There's quality golfers in there, but. Jeepers. No, there are there are some some great golfers, but I just think um, they're getting hard. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. So the captains' picks were Sebastian Munoz, fair enough. Siwoo Kim, fair enough. Um, Bazaden, eh. KH Lee, yeah, okay. Cam Davis, I was probably a little bit surprised, and Taylor Pendrith probably. What's the backstory in Taylor Pendrith? He might be the one that I. He's been playing. He's been playing reasonable golf of late, um, but again, I don't think he's ever won on the PJ Tour. So I was a little, probably a little bit surprised by that. Um, yeah, don't know. But, and but then they had the scouting trip there, and Herbie wasn't on that trip, so we probably should have known um, that he wasn't going to be there. Oh well, Hela Pendrith done this week, or this week this year. Maybe, yeah. Herbie, maybe would Herbie have not wanted to play? No, he wants to play. He wants to play. The, um, the President's Cup put up something the other day on Instagram saying, who should we pick? And Herbie wrote underneath that I've got an idea who you should pick. <laughs> Didn't yeah, right. get picked. Yeah, right. So, um, I mean, I'm assuming he knew by that stage who was being picked. Um, I would hope that he did. Yeah, but Taylor Pendrith, his finish, or sorry, his, his performances um, this year, uh, Players' Championship 13th, Barbasol 13th, 11th at the Barracuda, 2nd at Rocket Mortgage, Windermere finished 13th, 68th at FedEx St. Jude, and then 8-8 at the bump. BMW missed out on to a championship. So, yeah. Play, did he play in the majors? He did not play in any majors this year. So didn't play in any majors, didn't no. qualify for the playoffs. No. Had a couple of decent finishes and hasn't won. No. Yeah. Didn't come from the school of Metro Division One pennant as a thirteen year old. <laughs> no. Picking off serious adult amateurs. He, he's played in one major, US Open twenty twenty. That was it. Hmm. Herbie would be filthy. I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Anyway. We can do a proper uh hmm. proper uh President's Cup catch-up maybe next week because next week I think is the um, event in Napa and then the week after is President's Cup. All right. 
Well, that was fun, Mike. Uh, thank you for wanting to put another episode out. I'll do my best to get this uh, up on the airwaves and give uh, everyone who does tune in, thank you for tuning in, uh, something more to listen to from us. Uh, appreciate all the support and your kind words and participation. Join us on Discord. You can get access to Mike. You can ask him whatever you want, uh, tips. You know, It's another couple of weeks where the event's in, what What do we got, another week to uh, we're back on PGA Tourland? Yep, September 15th, September. the Fortinet in Napa. Napa. Max Pres- Homer defending. Max Homer defending, then Prez Cup, and then we're back into uh, the – is that the fall season? Uh, yeah, the fall. The fall swing. Sanders uh, and Farms, um, Vegas. The- then we go to Japan and, yeah, does- all over the place. Our question for the Teepster- Teepsterati, uh, does it start back up from round one? No, I won't start it in round one. I think it's too difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I we should start it the start of January again and okay. go from there, same as last year. Okay. I think it's between now and then we're going to have a handful of tournaments and most guys are going to be skipping it. I think it's just better to start with tournament of champions in, um, yeah, Jan. Okay. So, but we'll make sure we get lots of notice out for everybody. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you uh, on the next episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, if you'd like this, tell us. If you didn't like it, tell us. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you then.